electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, vaccine hopes are high, markets are high, and the Squawk Box anchors have the spirits to match. You want the arm shot or the butt cheek shot, Andrew? Which would you prefer? BET founder Bob Johnson says a vaccine is good news for black Americans in particular, but the racial health and wealth gaps in this country are still tied together. Once health care is solved, economic care still remains a problem for black Americans. Plus, Amazon is in some hot water in the EU, Tesla's providing refunds, and Andrew Ross Sorkin might be doing a target run to resupply his makeup kit. Maxi 5, that's my color. It's Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. First up today on the podcast, coronavirus cases topped 10 million in the United States on Monday, just days after reaching 9 million. States like Minnesota, South Dakota, New Mexico, West Virginia, and Idaho all hit new highs in average daily deaths as 20 states reported new highs in hospitalized patients. But in this very dark picture, there could be light at the end of the tunnel. Yesterday, Pfizer and German company BioNTech announced their coronavirus vaccine was more than 90% effective in a clinical trial. If you didn't listen already, check out yesterday's Squawk Pod for the first interview with Pfizer CEO Albert Borla on that news. He called it a great day for humanity. And with that optimism, investors yesterday celebrated. The Dow had its best day since June, adding 835 points, the fifth positive session in the last five. Travel and entertainment companies started to see enthusiasm again. Maybe we'll get to go on vacation or to the movies. On the flip side, because it's 2020, so every silver lining does have a cloud, investors pulled back from the so-called stay-at-home stocks, betting that Netflix and Peloton and Slack and cloud companies may not be as important if a vaccine ushers in a normal and we all leave home. Here's Joe Kernan. The momentum in the NASDAQ, which you would think started with the stay-at-home names, it, all that uh, excitement just bled into the, the NASDAQ itself, it seems like, in terms of momentum. I mean, not, yeah. all, not every NASDAQ stock is a stay-at-home stock, and that's what they were acting like, it, and everything was getting bid up. Amazon, it, like a Facebook, docu sign or a, like, yeah, anything yeah. digital. But Amazon with, and Facebook were down like 5%. Right. But anything digital had that index soaring almost every day. And, and it almost it's weird yeah. that a pandemic would take the uh, uh, that a vaccine, a potential vaccine to the pandemic right. would actually start to take the wind out of the sails of the overall average. But that's really what it kind of looks like uh, is happening uh, to it. There's no you know, these are pretty big moves. You're, but the moves up. We, I, I saw Dom yesterday do a. Uh, like comparing different foods. You had the, you had the restaurant chains that you, you had to sit down and eat over the last year and their stocks versus the ones that you go in and, and uh, you know, you have Grubhub deliver it to you. I mean, the, the gains on every stay-at-home story was just stratospheric. And then everything well, else then, was sort then, of, then that sort argued of that, that did, Then it argued that that didn't make sense to begin with going up right. the first time. Probably and didn't. also that Got all those overdone. other stocks 
right. shouldn't have gotten hit. But the thing that makes no sense to me, and as hopeful as the science is, I mean, I think it's just a, such a fantastic piece of science, is, you know, when we talked to Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the timeline actually didn't change at all. Meaning if you were listening to him the whole time, right. he would have told you that you'd get this in the second or third quarter of the year. That's, that's where we're at. That's us. Uh, he's been spot on 100% of the time. Right, and therefore, you say to yourself, well, you, you could the have Zoom should have been people. a different price before. You could have high risk people what getting it say? before the end. Of, you could have high risk people getting it before the end of the year. You're talking about us sure, and, and herd sure. and everything else, but I think getting. I mean, but, they're talking about this the, month. But that's possibly sure. But but that's not going to change the trajectory of the economy, which is to say, the high the risk stock market's folks, nine months uh, ahead. Stock market's nine months ahead. No, so I understand. All, all of this talking but about that's it, the point. It, it, this is but all within the. But that's the point. That's the exact point. The point is that what's going well, on today stocks. or next in a month, or, no, but it, what's happening, the idea of the high-risk folks being able to get the access to this drug should, is not going to change what's happening nine months from now. That's the point. The point no, is that the, this the, was the already, point is by nine should months, have been baked in. By nine but, months, a, a lot of us will have, and, and by the spring, we could be going to Broadway but, shows again. And, and, and so, you know, since the market about that, looks but ahead. I, I don't know about just, that. Why? I, but, I, but I do think what I'm saying is, that trajectory I don't think is any different than where we were to be honest with you, I think that was the expectation. It's surprising no, I, to me in a perverse way that it wasn't built that, in. I think you're right, but the difference is the idea that it's ninety percent effective, I mean that shocked me. We were we were hoping we'd get something that was fifty or sixty percent effective. If it's ninety percent effective, that means even if everybody doesn't take this, you're gonna get much better and broader coverage of sure. this. I mean I, that's I'm not, what I'm not a, floored me. It was I'm just not a, a skeptic of the science and, and you're right about I, the timeline. I'm, I'm not No, you're right about the timeline. I'm, I'm just saying we have a, we have, we still have a timeline that the drug unto itself represents ten percent of the, the globe, thirty percent of the developed world, there's still going to be a lot of wood to chop to get to the other side of this. And I'm just surprised that things no. have moved the way they did. Not that it's not great news, just that it's, uh, it's interesting how, how, how the world has turned. But well, let's 8%, um, what's 8%? turn to... 8%, 8 is, uh, or what's 800 points? That's not, uh, but we had already moved up, you know, since last week we were up 500 every day. So we were up 1,800 points last week. For a minute yesterday, right. we were up 1,600 points yesterday. So, and then that yeah. moderated to be to close up uh, only 800 points, and we're, you know, we're up 128 this morning, but I've seen it below 100 just, just while we were talking here. So it's right. uh, with the NASDAQ traded out. I just think it's weird, interesting, that everybody got the digital benefit. It was, oh, it's a digital stock. It's a cloud stock. It's, you know, what was going to take three years well, to happen is now happening immediately because of the pandemic. And all of a sudden you get, so wait a minute, we may not be in our basement forever. Not all of us anyway, well, but we and may the not. the other side of that, on the... On the way up, all those stay-at-home stocks were saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Even if the pandemic's over, people have adopted us. They will keep using it, us. And there's probably some truth to that in a lot of companies, like a DocuSign or an Amazon. But then you get to some of the companies and you think, okay, people aren't going to be only on their Peloton if they can get out and get back to a gym. People aren't going to be only sitting in front of Netflix if they can get back outside and go do more things. I mean, that's kind of the flip side of it is, sure, you will have additional adoption. You had <laughs> older people who never used online banking using that before. You will have people who stick with a lot of those things, right. just not in the mass amounts that they were getting credit for. I guess some people will be sad there won't be quite as many Zoom meetings, but uh, I don't know. One other thing that, that, I, that I just thought about, Andrew, I don't know where uh, Becky might have a, a problem with her shot, but you know, when she said 90%, we, we, we shouldn't gloss over that because, I mean, do you remember about two months ago, the second trial 
of a vaccine hit a bump in the road and had to be halted. So you made right. the point that that's yep. two out of four in the United States where there was a halt on the vaccine. And that was worrisome. And then there, there's also the conjecture about whether the, the, the immunity would be long lasting, about what the efficacy would be, whether it be 30, right. 40 percent or whatever. So, with, you know, you distill all that together where they're this close. The, the phase three is almost over. They got all this data. It's a huge trial and it came out to 90 percent. So you add all that in. And I think that was different than, than, the, than the worst case scenario or, or the fear that we were having that we might never get. Uh, a vaccine. Right. So I, right. I think maybe that that's part of it too. Anyway, um, and it was developed so quickly. Although it was a part of warp speed or not, it, it, it was, but it didn't take money from warp speed. So, but Moderna, if that happens, and Moderna, we, we don't know. I mean, it's a very similar right. mechanism, right? It's the messenger RNA. That was right. definitely part of. Uh, yeah, someone just wrote well, it. I mean, Ray the warp speed thing. I don't know how you. Yeah. Turning you over get, look, the, gov the government's moved fast. Look, I give the government some credit for something, wh whether they whether they fund it or not. By default, they they purchased close right. to two billion dollars of the stuff. Right. Whether, whether there would have been a private market for that or not, there probably would have been. But nonetheless, there's been a lot of good things in terms of the vaccine work, in terms of speeding that up. Uh, that have been done, and I think there are a lot of people, even that have been critical of the president, that have given him and that administ the administration credit for it. Uh, I'm ready. Becky's ready. You're ready, right? I'd do it. You're not ready. I'd do it I'd for the vaccine. It. Yeah, if he came in today, came in today. I'm, I'd I'm take pretty. It. I don't necessarily. It's a little bit like like going to space. I don't necessarily want to be first, but I do definitely want to be uh, on board. You want the arm shot or the butt cheek uh, shot, Andrew? Which would you prefer? What, what, what's your usual? Uh, I like the uh, arm. Left better. arm. I'm a left arm. I'm a righty. That's why. Just in case. It, just in case the next day is you know a little bit uh, fatiguey. I was going to make a joke, but you know what? In this, in this environment, what's the upside? Let's turn our attention to uh, Jeff Bezos this morning, because he is now uh, in the firing line uh, across the pond. Shares of Amazon uh, taking a little bit of a tumble this morning. Not a huge one, a little, uh, little over 2%. Here's what's happening. The Financial Times now reporting the European Commission is planning to announce formal antitrust charges against Amazon, and they're planning to do it today. The case focuses on the online retailer's dual role, both as a marketplace for third-party vendors and as a competitor that sells its own goods. Now, the FT says the EU is looking into how Amazon uses data that it gathers on merchants to compete against them. And this has been uh, one of the themes and complaints that we've heard for such a long time about this idea of third-party sellers using the platform Amazon uh, leveraging the fact that it has all this data, sees what products are selling, and then in certain cases creates uh, the equivalent uh, of its own white label version and then arguably advantages uh, that. At the same time, I would say to you, Joe, I don't know how you feel about it, I think Amazon has done a, a spectacular job, just not only for itself, but in terms of creating this platform and helping, frankly, small businesses around the United States and around the globe. So I think it's going to be a, a bit of a food fight on this one, but we'll watch it. So many things to think about with, with a, a disruptive company like Amazon. You think about everybody that's everybody who's disrupted. But you think about that with Walmart or any of those doing progress. But, sure, and then, but, but, and then you think that they don't pay any taxes. But there's a reason they don't pay any taxes, because they're building out so quickly, providing so many jobs, so much a shareholder wealth. So there's so many it's so there's so many pluses and minuses to all these these companies. Well, but look, I, 
You know my view on the, the taxes. I think actually they're, they're, we should come up with a better better way to deal with it. But the, the, to me, the alternative for Amazon is to say, okay, we're not going to allow our platform to be used by third party merchants. Nobody else except right. Amazon Amazon people can use it. Okay, well then where are we? Then right. what happens to all of those small businesses that have been developed on the back of Amazon? Actually, so this is like your, you're right. your it's Apple app. This is like your Apple app story, where the people that, that get huge. Yep distribution on Apple, they're like complaining that they got to pay something for it, you know, it, but I, I try to have, be consistent. I know you, both I, sides, <laughs> both sides have, uh, both sides have some, some merit in, I guess, their argument. Guys, there's some news that's just out from Target this morning. And this is interesting. They're announcing a long-term strategic partnership with Ulta Beauty. You know Ulta Beauty pretty well. It's um, that big box that's in some of these same sort of strip centers that focuses very deeply on some of the premier beauty brands, names like Clinique, MAC, Benefits. These are going to be store within a store, kind of the same level for Target that you can see with a CVS in a Target or a Starbucks in the tar Target or the Disney store in a store. Um, and, and this is probably good news for both of these companies. You see Ulta shares up pretty sharply on this news, about 8.8%. Target shares up by one point. 1%, but it, it's significant. And, and what Target gets out of this deal is the ability to have some of these name brand uh, beauty products in its stores, names like Clinique, Mac, Benefits. That's a big deal because shoppers go to Target and they shop beauty, but if they want any of those high-end names, they can't get them. Those have been traditionally, you could only get them at Ulta or at a department store or something along those lines. If you can conveniently pick that up in a Target, it, it matters for Target to get that name in there. This is also pretty important for, for Ulta, though, too. This definitely gives them uh, access to those convenience shoppers who are just going in and trying to get one quick thing or trying to buy uh, makeup while they're doing other things and not willing to go to another stop for this. Uh, if you look back at Ulta, they really got hit pretty hard when we first saw the pandemic break out back in March. If you were looking at a one-year chart for what happened with Ulta, stock fell significantly as you saw lockdowns because it wasn't deemed an essential retailer. Target obviously is. But both sides do get something out of this. Yeah, check this out now. Ulta up by more than 10% on this news. Uh, for Ulta, it does open up their brand to different shopping experiences like the Quick Trip and Convenience. And it also probably boosts the loyalty factor if you're going to have people who are shopping there. Ulta is going to be doing things like training the target workers who work in this area in the store so that they know more about all of these beauty brands because that's something Ulta offers you if you go into the store. It's a younger shopper for the most part, Ulta versus Target. But maybe this is a way to keep some of those around. Um, Anyway, it's an interesting partnership between these two companies, and you can see right now both those stocks are higher, higher with uh, Ulta really getting the big benefit. It's up by about 12 and a quarter percent. Joe? Yeah. Is that I, I, I know of it, heard of it. I always thought I was missing a letter. But I can't imagine you being a big Ulta shopper, no, even Sephora, though you wear makeup. No, I'm a Sephora type. Uh, what's the difference between Ulta <laughs> and, and Sephora? Um, you know, we do wear so, makeup. Andrew, right? But we've never a, we've never bought makeup. There's a brand, right? I've actually be, I've been I've had to Crickets. because I haven't had the makeup with me. This, but by the way, you know you know what? I'm a fan of Mary <laughs> Dillon, who runs Ulta, uh, has done yeah. a remarkable yeah. job with that company. It really yeah. is actually if if you go look at a, a longer term chart, she's done an extraordinary thing. The, you know, you mentioned Sephora, and they have so many now exclusives at Sephora and Ulta, and they're battling it out. So this is actually to me. Very, so very right. interesting. The only so thing similar. that I'm very curious okay. about is, is the Ulta Beauty, um, you know, does have a, I don't, I don't know if you think it has a higher end uh, sort of patina and whether having that in a Target 
changes that. Though Target is considered so very cool too, so sort of hard to hard to know. I, I don't know. I, I think what's interesting is them. getting those brands and having them available there. And, 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 and probably worth looking at right now are some of the department store brands, like a Macy's or some of the others. Those stocks could potentially see some pressure because that's the other place you can get some of these brands. If you don't go to Ulta, you go to the department store. And these were some of the things that department stores could hold out that a store like Target could never get. Doesn't look like it's having a big impact right now. But I would think longer term, that would be another thing that kind of erodes the um, the, the moat the erodes the moat that these department stores have tried to put up. Ulta I think did that I need to, a to hear extent, more. But if you Andrew, have these stores in every Target, I, hear more, I need to hear more about your shopping uh, experience. And, and did you go to <laughs> did you go to the counter? And, and I mean, do you know what you need? I wouldn't know my color or any of that stuff. Did they? Did they look at you and, and suggest things and bring things out for you to? Here it is. No, no, Max C five. That's my that's you my knew color. that you knew that Maxi from what five. you had run out of. So you went. So you went and <laughs> yeah. got it. I, I could do that. I could do that. But I just asked. I actually do it. Mac, don't I ask you for I'm out of this. I'm out of that. And Mac does everything for me. He really does. And then, then it shows up here. Tesla is providing uh, refunds to some Model S and Model X owners to cover a memory device failure that led to touchscreen blackouts. It's also expanding its warranty to cover the issue. The affected models were made from late 2012 uh, to late, or I'm sorry, early 2018. And Andrew, if you've been in one at at Tesla, I mean, it's it's very strange. It's there's there's the screen, but you don't see the normal dashboard. I mean, it's very weird. You got to get used to it, don't you? It's but it's cool. It, it is, is cool. cool. I mean, well, it does have I, the mass. As, as my kids say, it has like a massive iPad in the middle, but right. it's pretty the, cool. The, the technology is, is the, 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 it's the barrier to entry for, everywhere, for everyone else. And it depends, that- it depends which, which model you're in, by the way, because some models do have uh, at least some of the, the other, I don't know, what, you know, dials and everything else. Like, they do exist digitally, but nonetheless. Um, it's the Model 3 that just has the, the iPad in the middle, if you will. Next on Squawk Pod, BET founder Robert Johnson on the potential COVID vaccine's good news and the work still to do. For the same reason that blacks were disproportionately affected by lack of health care, they're disproportionately affected by lack of access to capital. So that should be a priority to go along with mobilizing the country for the vaccine. We're back after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine candidate showed more than 90% effectiveness. Here's CEO Albert Borda. I believe this is likely the most significant medical advance in the last 100 years, right? If you count the impact that this will have in uh, health of the public health, uh, uh, global economy, et cetera, et cetera. So... I'm happy that we have the whole Pfizer machine and, of course, BioNTech's, uh, our partners' machines, 
behind this, and we will be able to support it, I hope. Robert Johnson joins us now. He's the founder and the chairman of RLJ Companies and the founder of the BET Network. He's also a CNBC contributor. Um, it's great to see you, Bob. Thanks for, for, for coming on this morning. And not all your businesses uh, would benefit from, from, a normal, uh, from a return to normalcy, but uh, uh, just for, as an American and as a human and as a business person, how are you feeling about this news? Well, Joe, this is, this is great news. And it's, it's particularly great news for black Americans because as you well know, Black Americans were disproportionately impacted by the COVID virus because a lot of uh, African Americans, for lack of uh, health care and health services, had, a, had preconditions, which made the COVID-19 virus doubly dangerous. And so for Black Americans to uh, hear that there's a possible vaccine within several months or so, it's got to be something that uh, is going to... Uh, give them a lot of uh, hope for the future. But combined with the COVID vaccine, Joe, it's, you, you want to be healthy and well, but you want to be also economically growing and vibrant and generating income and wealth for yourself and your family. So I think that the country should definitely focus on how on the, on the macro level, the COVID vaccine is going to drive the economy. But for the same reason that blacks were disproportionately affected by health care, uh, lack of health care, they're disproportionately affected by lack of access to capital. So that should be a priority to go along with mobilizing the country for the vaccine. The, the incoming administration, Vice President-elect Biden, needs to focus on bringing the black businesses that, again, suffered disproportionately up to where they can compete and be effective and move towards closing a, an enormous income and wealth gap. So I, I think black, uh, black Americans are as joyous as they should be as anybody uh, in, the, in the country or the world. Right. It, the, the very first uh, given that you'd have to take care of to start doing that is, is this, Bob. So that once we get that out of the way, then we can start going back and working on the, those intransigent uh, uh, sort of systemic problems that we've that we've known about, but you couldn't even address those really uh, when the virus was, was was you know out of control. So at this point, um, you know you got this arrow in the quiver, and then you can now go and and and, uh, and do some of these other things. Like like what though, Bob? What does it look like in practice? Well, Joe, what it, what it looks like in practice, and I'm I'm a big fan of the old you can walk and chew gum at the same time. So. This is a great country. The innovation coming out of Pfizer proves that. Uh, Pfizer uh, went to work uh, in, the, in the midst of the depths of the pandemic. And I think the economic engine of the country with the right leadership can get to work during the beginning of a recovery from the pandemic. So one of the things that, uh, Joe, you know this as well as uh, Becky and Andrew, that without access to capital, without access to money to invest, to grow your business, to hire employees, to uh, compete, you're simply not going to be able to survive. So I, I look for this country uh, from an economic standpoint for black Americans to begin to figure out ways to pump money into the pockets of uh, black businesses. And that means if it means that, for example, I think the Fed could trade the notion of the 
took uh, the tax policy in a way that would encourage companies to invest in black businesses by giving them a deduction against any income that they might earn from that investment. It used to be a program called the tax certificate, for example, where if a white business owner sold a business to an African-American, this was true particularly in radio and in media, that business person would receive a tax certificate allowing them to deduct on the capital gains. What it did, it stimulated and encouraged white business owners to sell with my, to minority businesses who didn't have all the necessary capital, but that tax certificate that gave the deduction in terms of the returns to the uh, seller made the difference in the movement and increase in uh, ownership of black media and black radio particularly. So it's those kind of innovative things, I think, uh, that the government can take a look at. It's playing with tax policy more than entitlement. I, I'm a big believer in finding business solutions to social problems. And I've talked to you guys uh, many times on the show about my efforts to reduce 401k cash out through auto 401k auto portability. Right. If the government were to encourage the large corporations and the big fund managers like Fidelity and Vanguard and others to uh, move towards a nationwide auto portability regime, that's billions of dollars going into the pockets of uh, low-wage workers, black Americans, Hispanic, costing nothing to the taxpayers. So there's no revenue, no, no tax transfer payment to right. make this happen. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, one, innovation. I'm looking for movement of capital at the right places. And I'm looking for uh, the government to understand that if you're going to solve the problem of health care, once health care is solved, economic care still remains a problem for black Americans. What I hear, and you can, you can be more specific, Bob, but what I'm hearing from you is you're not necessarily convinced that simply uh, raising taxes to fund more transfer payments, um, in, especially in an environment like we're in, is necessarily the way to go. And before the election, you kind of made that point, that, that you weren't particularly uh, thrilled about the notion of taxes going up, and as a result, I'm not even sure you thought we needed to, at the time, you more or less said the, the devil you know, uh, you, you knew you know, what was likely and weren't that enthralled with ideas about rescinding the taxes. Are you saying restructure the tax system to make it more advantageous to black businesses rather than just raise taxes across the board and then try to use transfer payments to, to handle inequality? I think, I think transfer payments are good for people at the lowest rung of the ladder who are not likely to uh, be able to achieve any economic growth just because of historic problems that they've had. But transfer payments have the problem, Joe, of creating a little bit of, you know, I guess I'd call resentment or at least deep concern from those individuals who are paying the taxes where the, that uh, – uh, motivate the transfer payments. My argument with this is deal with the tax code because money, as you well know, goes to where it's best treated. If uh, companies and investors and banks were, were told that they have a hedge when they invest with the minority business, a startup, or an existing business, they've got to be more comfortable in making a loan or an investment if they know that there is some benefit back to them 
not only the benefit of the company growing, but something that takes the risk off the table. And that risk coming off the table means that you get some tax hedge uh, from the government if you're willing to take a risk on startup businesses. Uh, we do it in a lot of other industries. We do it in, you know, in uh, defense. We do it in, in, in other businesses where we, the government encourages investments in these uh, industries yep. because of the overall long-term growth of the economy as a whole. Right. And I think when you got 40 million black Americans where the median income for a black American is $17,000, the median income for a white family is $170,000. That, as an Axios article pointed out, that's a wealth gap or a wealth chasm. It will not be closed by entitlement programs. I don't care if you include in that uh, subsidized schools, if you included uh, money in black banks, if you included encouraging blacks to act as model citizens, which some of these policies require or do, or housing. None of these things are going to close that wealth gap until the flow of capital is equalized between white Americans, black Americans. Final thing I would say, this study pointed out that a white male with a high school diploma has a 32% chance of becoming a millionaire than a black male with a master's degree. And wow. that's because the flow of capital tends to go right. to individuals who are part of a, what I call the deal flow of how cash is, is distributed in this economy. Black American, black businesses are at the lowest rung of that deal flow. And unfortunately, that gap persists. And it will not be stopped by entitlement payments. Robert Johnson, uh, BET founder. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate, uh, appreciate your, your thoughts this morning. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.